Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. As always, today is a Monday, and what better way to start your evening than by listening to Ans- uh, uh, Abhijit Ayer Mitra answer your questions? Still waking up here. I'm sorry for that. Abhijit, welcome to P Guru's channel, and how are you doing, my friend? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, um, I just want to wish all your sinner viewers. uh the benediction of the blessed virgin mary to remove sin from their evil souls uh oh somebody has hit him too i am really sorry to note that i'll have to do something extra special next week which we are hoping to do live to convert him back into sanatana dharma okay let's jump into question straight and the first question these are questions from last week the first question is from malvaban bhattacharya how do you find falafel dish is it an israeli dish or an arab dish plus what difference do you find between kolkata tamil and malabar biryani <laughs> what a controversial question to ask look there's realistically no such thing as israeli food uh, <clears throat> as much as i love israel that's the reality the falafel existed in that region well before israel was created of course israel has made it its own um i've had great falafel in israel but i've had just as great falafel in uh the occupied west bank and in gaza as well so uh and in syria and in lebanon so uh i don't think it's uniquely israeli uh at the same time it's not uniquely palestinian either i mean it, it's just a levantine dish that's about it that said uh our parpavada what is it other than falafel i personally prefer parpavada to falafel uh if you're not tamil i would highly recommend i mean the problem of course is most people don't know how to make parpavada but the concept is the same thing uh, a meduvada is also technically a falafel no because it's lentils urad dal it's just a different dal they you're taking chickpeas or chole here it's uh, urad dal uh, yeah, with purple uh, vade it's uh, oh, getting an echo okay uh, so <coughs> it's pr- pretty much the same dish throughout i've had some of this in afghanistan if you go check it out uh, uh, i've tweeted videos of this uh, dal ka vada in um, uh, nangarhar province in one taliban controlled area um, it was delicious out there as well so nothing particularly unique uh, to make it israeli or arab that way and kolkata tamil and malabar biryani uh, first there's no such thing as a chettinad biryani chettinad biryani is just slightly overspiced kolkata biryani isn't actually a biryani it's just awful a uh, tamil biryani i think personally is the best because it's light and nice very minty it's a, it's a herbal biryani it's not a spice biryani kolkata is a spice biryani and it's not very good if you go to bangladesh you know you get much better biryani the dhakai tehari and the dhakai kachi uh, biryani they're way superior to this kolkata biryani and uh, by the way dhakai kachi biryani also has potatoes but the potatoes taste much better in the dhakai kachi biryani than they do in the kolkata one malabar biryani is a bit of a mix no it's uh, the malabar biryani is a very muslim biryani i love it on occasion but it's a heavy biryani you can't eat it as easily as you can a tamil biryani but yeah that's it next question please 
Um, I, I have difficulties pronouncing the Kshaya Arsha. How Malaysia and Indonesia got Islamized? Maybe a topic to discuss in Charvaka podcast. Uh, look, I haven't uh, studied much about it. Uh, the problem is primary sources on these are very few and far between. And Malaysia, Indonesia have never been the focus of my interest. Uh, mostly started with traders and then they slowly started Islamizing. Uh, from a few snippets that I've heard, it was pretty violent as well. Right? It wasn't all that peaceful. It wasn't Kumbaya handholding and things like that as well. So there was some peaceful conversion, but there was also some violent conversion happening out there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't really, it's, it's really never been my focus. And it's probably not something to discuss either because it just doesn't pique my curiosity right now till I find something interesting to take me down that path. Next question. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about the name. I can't pronounce it. Since Bengali and Keralite Hindus stopped having children in urban areas, does RSS have any strategy to counter that? Should we stop following Western society blindly? Look, uh, this it's not a question of Western society, right? Uh, having fewer children is simply about being in an upper echelon of society, wanting to educate your kids, uh, wanting to invest in your kids. So instead of producing 10 kids of whom only two survive to adulthood, uh, you know, thanks to <coughs> modern medicine, uh, more of them survive. Now, the issue is when you have lots of kids, how many are you going to invest in their education? Muslim part has always been street part. They don't invest in education overwhelmingly. Okay, Hindu power has not been street power. It's always been the power of the educated. So you invest in education. That's the way it is. It, 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 and the RSS, as I, as I know, does not have a strategy because demography isn't its strategy. It's Hinduizing Muslims that's a strategy. Or Hindutvising, not Hinduizing, Hindutvising. Uh, this is a question for you, Abhijit. Muhammad Obeid Ali. What does it take to become another Abhijit Ayer Mitra in knowledge and especially in pragmatism and practicality? Have a communist father and a capitalist mother. <laughs> uh, and ensure that they fight like cats and dogs 24-7. Uh, see to it that they're reasonably well off and they travel a lot and take you along as a kid. <laughs> unless your parents are oh. fighting like the dogs probably not but how how do you pick to choose your parents you don't that that's the genetic jackpot right <laughs> it, 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 like every time i was with my dad i was indoctrinated into communism every time i was with my mom i was indoctrinated into capitalism uh, and both of them would accuse the other of lying, saying that capitalism, my dad used to keep saying capitalism is absolute bullshit. America's a rubbish state, this, that. And my mom would be like, in USSR, there are food lines. Absolutely, your father's feeding you absolute rubbish, etc., etc., etc. So it was, you know, it was, I grew up in an environment of Purva Paksha. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. That's a good way to say it. Um, Muhammad Obaid Ali again, how can I join ORF? or IPCS, given that I am in B.Tech second year right now. It's not B.Tech second year, no problem. What you do is you apply for an internship. Uh, you apply for an internship. The problem right now is with COVID and we're not really, we're all working from home. <coughs> the internship isn't what it used to be uh, two years back. 
but maybe by next year it's going to get back on track and that be you know you get an opening into it and then when you do your masters ensure that there's a policy thing and keep coming back for internships uh, over and over again so by the time you finish you can join uh, if you're made if you look not everybody's cut out for it huh? uh, like uh, uh, my mom thought i uh, i was going to be an engineer how how badly wrong that turned out to be right then she was first she was actually hoping i was going to turn out to be a doctor how badly wrong she was then she was hoping i was going to turn out to be an engineer how badly wrong she was then she was hoping i was going to go into business how badly wrong she was uh, i ended up being in policy which was the next worst thing to being in government because the only thing my parents agreed what on was i should not not join the government so the thing is obed are you good at it i mean you may have a passion for it but you may not necessarily be good at it i used to love science but i knew i never wanted to do engineering uh, so let's see i mean some people have a natural affinity it will come out in the internship it will ultimately come out in the internship and next question from mo lester did china lose an ally in india over a barren piece of land no uh, look China wasn't our enemy as long as in a pre-aviation pre-industrial age settling of difficult terrain and supply lines through difficult terrain was difficult the moment the logistical burden of militarizing the tibet plateau ended china automatically became your enemy two big bars having a border like that you are bound to be enemies you didn't lose an ally over a barren piece of land china was never your friend to begin with okay let's be very clear about this uh, tell me one neighbor of china that china has not invaded or fought a war with or had a territorial dispute with zilch none so it's it's nothing unique to india nothing and and i might add one little thing uh, can i have full screen please this is a book of fiction but to me this is one of those things where i have really spent a lot of time doing research about china and the meticulous way in which they go about executing their plans outside their country i mean if, if you see india and here we are fighting like cats and dogs over small issues medium issues large issues and 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 china just goes ahead and execute executes with a maniacal efficiency and, and and people still in the united states have difficulty believing that the elections were rigged so anyway i'll just leave it to, uh, at that let's go back to the next question please thank you yes chandan will french hammer munitions optimize tejas right now any munition will optimize tejas but when you say optimize what exactly do you mean because uh, uh you know uh, the uh, the hammer brings a kind of standoff weapons capability and the optical uh, uh well the entire hammer system you know you can put several different uh warheads it's the same bomb but then you put several different uh, you can mix and match warheads and glide things to increase the range uh, glide wings and things like that to increase the range so uh i think that was what they were meant to do with that uh, laser guided bomb that we developed what was it called the surya or something like that i don't know they were meant to do that i don't know what happened but i'm glad it didn't 
because you know there's a much much faster route so now you can take your own sweet time developing it and make it obsolete but at least it'll bring some kind of i don't know if it optimized but it'll definitely bring a significant capability yeah hey aim curious to know where you did both your phd's and what your research was about i did not do both my phd's i uh, uh well i abandoned one uh most that was at monash because my first uh, um a well, long story my first supervisor was caught having a double life uh, my second supervisor ended up going mad well i mean um, he had therapy and what not issues my third supervisor and by this time i was completely demoralized uh retired 3 months after without even i mean he was assigned to me as my supervisor because there was no there was a huge shortage all our our entire humanities department had been poached by the university of melbourne and uh, yeah so he quit and then i was like you know what I'm, i was already demoralized so i left that i'm doing my second phd at kings next question please uh, aditya wants to know there's a covid related protest all over the world how has this not been seen as an issue in india because indians have no issues about look indians aren't very this thing about their personal freedoms they pro- come out and protest for subsidies but not for their own freedoms okay e- everybody just accepts it you make the vaccine compulsory they accept it in europe they never accept it in australia they're not accepting it there's a huge pushback in australia in austria there's a massive pushback in italy and austria there've been huge rallies against it in austria they're accusing the chancellor of bringing fascist nazism all over again uh in italy he's draghi's already been accused of being uh, the great grandson of mussolini or even though the actual <laughs> granddaughter is still around uh but being accused of all of this in india we never value personal freedom okay we value tamasha we value subsidies the things we value but personal freedom is not one of them and we see because we're so used to a maibap state that when a maibap state acts like a maibap state we're like ha huh, okay that's what the state's meant to do okay Monish Gunaga Guruji after hearing you out for one plus years i have grown increasingly impatient of normal things become more ambitious aggressive give me tips to put it into best use and make most out of my life this is for you hmm i'm not too sure i'm a very good life coach but maybe you should tell me monish ask me the same question with specifics this is just so broad uh ask me something specific what do you want to do what stage of your life are, are you in and where do you want to go and maybe i can answer that i'm still not very certain i'm the best person to answer that unless you want to end up spending 43 days in jail like i did but you know uh, just be more specific please next question please lee la youtube ecosystem allows talks on geopolitics and defense but it is is it prudent for a nationalist to discuss these matters on youtube why not why not because see the issue here is a lot of uh, transparency has never compromised national security far from it hiding things compromises national security so it's much better to have these discussions out in the open because in my experience incompetence was shrouded in uh, uh, opacity 
And traditionally in India, it is opacity that has enabled, encouraged and rewarded incompetence. So yes, we should be discussing these things out there. Next question, please. Uh, Z Apple stuff Z. Will Modi government implement UCC after farm laws repeal? If yes, then what is the good time to implement it? He's not going to implement squat. Okay, the next three years, you're just going to see your lives made miserable. There's going to be protest after protest after protest. Three years later, two, two more years, no? Before the election. Um, uh, yeah, May, two and a half years. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, yeah two years, 22, 23, yeah, two, two and a half years for the elections. Right. Uh, uh, your life is going to be made miserable. He tries bringing in anything. Mind you, even if the Supreme Court now says CA and NRC are legal and valid, they will now come out and start protesting the Supreme Court decision as well in the knowledge that even after something is held legal, uh, it can be rolled back as long as the, uh, 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 the government caves. Remember, the uh, committee set up by the Supreme Court submitted their report eight, nine months back. Why, why was the Supreme Court sitting on it? So figure it out. Nothing's going to happen. This chap is going to do nothing anymore. He's dead duck sitting in the water. The only thing he'll do is carry out some attack on Pakistan or China or something like that. That's it. Neeraj Kulkarni wants to know why Hun could defeat UZ, Bactrian language speakers in 200 BCE. This was prior to the strong horse breed that came around 800 AD. Did they? I'm not too sure about that. Uh, give me some time. I, I'm not even processing this question. Uh, give me some time. <laughs> Ask Abhijit. How to solve excessive honking and driving etiquette problems in India? <laughs> Do you remember there was a smart city question a few weeks back? Right, right. It's like that. Uh, this excessive honking and driving. Uh, I have to, uh, you know, I do it now. Uh, when I got back, so before I left, I don't remember how I used to drive, except I didn't know how to, well, I drove, but I didn't know how to drive. Uh, and when I landed up in Australia, I was like, oh my God, what do I have to do? This is like so scary. And, you know, I failed my driving, my written test three times and my driving test two times till I finally learned. And, you know, once you forget all that you've learned in India and learn first principles of, say, how to navigate a goal chakar, which is, you know, you enter on the left and you give way to your right, it doesn't work in India. So you have to innovate in India and you have to unlearn. The good thing is once you learn in Australia, you can go to America. So I can drive in America or Italy. Italy is quite a challenging country. To, Europe generally is quite challenging to drive in. I think the only country I really shit my pants driving in is Germany on the Autobahn, which is like really scary because there are people doing real scary speeds out there. And you're like, what the hell, man? Uh, but uh, other than that, I'm comfortable driving there, but I'm also comfortable driving here. I think the only other country I can't drive in is Egypt because Egypt's even worse than India. Now, the thing here is, I was, when I got back after 12 years in Australia, I was so polite. You know, I used to give way old people going, 
please go ahead madam uh, old old guy going sir please go ahead you know you don't say that but you know you kind of indicate please go ahead and all of that give way following all the rules and everything and you never got rewarded for it and now when i drive i drive like a complete maniac hey mcbc ja budhiya tera time aa gaya hai bute te tera antim divas ka late ho gaya kya this that ladi da and i go screeching and things like that it's it, it's what everything else makes you right so it's a whole of society problem now the thing is if you want to solve this driving etiquette works when your roads are well planned when your cities are well planned or even if your cities are older cities like they are in europe you at least plan the infrastructure in a civilized way around it here you don't even do that theek hai na uh uh there are boulders that are just left in the middle of the road your in, your exits and these things are extremely badly planned everything is badly planned everything is ramshackle so it's a very high stress and tension so asking people for etiquette when everything is well planned is a different thing asking people for etiquette when you're essentially trying to problem solve bad infrastructure simply not going to work so it's it's a lot of things coming together first teaching people how to drive like my driving test in india i still remember in madras was you know uh, uh sir uh, show me your mirrors and indicator okay shown all of that then sir please drive in front i had i hadn't even gotten to second gear and he says stop now reverse and i'd gotten only about 15 20 meters then he said sir reverse okay i reverse one or two meters very good driver sir and that was my driving test right there so which is why in australia i have to learn driving okay so th- there's all of that that you have to do so you have to invest in the human being and simultaneously you have to invest in infrastructure as well it's coming of the two things together and then basic manners like have you seen here people you will have ads for the latest government schemes but there's no ads for please stick to the left of the road unless you are overtaking why not and here everybody wants to be on the right side of the road which is actually the overtaking lane okay but you still allow bullock carts and autos and things like that that can't maintain the kind of acceleration that cars and things require so see there's a speed differential and you allow old people to drive without their optical testing and all of that uh, you allow very bad drivers to drive there's no demerit points and things like that for bad driving there's no uh, uh, you, you the, the only thing you catch people for is pollution certificate or registration being out of date or out of order or skipping a red light do you actually penalize people for driving in the middle of two lanes no do you penalize people for crossing where uh, 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 for uh, you know overtaking where there is a solid line uh, as opposed to a dotted line where you where you can overtake no so unless you enforce all these things so it's enforcement it's focusing on your human beings and the training and the coaching and all of that uh focusing on your infrastructure all of it come together like i've said nothing is unicausal it's all interlinked multicausal you know my first accident on a two wheeler happened after i successfully got my driver's license the same day i was returning home and i had my first accident but <laughs> interesting place interesting times virendra patil wants to know does modi remind you of jim hacker from yes prime minister or emperor pui from bernardo bertolucci's 
the last emperor also do you think sir humphrey puts it how strained look jim hacker is positively einstein compared to modi huh? uh puyi also played his games but i think he's more oh i won't say puyi i think both of them are not very good analogies for modi let's think of a good analogy for modi shall we i think dhritarashtra from the mahabharata is the best analogy <laughs> funny it's you like, should mention that it's, uh, it's, it's perpetually uh, like sanjay kya ho raha hai sanjay sanjay being your is bureaucrat sanjay kya ho raha hai main dekh nahi pa raha hu kya karu uh, abhijit about 5 6 years ago dr swami had said that uh, you know he had drawn parallels that he was a dhritarashtra so anyway. Are you serious <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 he see look he gives you criticism but it is constructive it's up to the government to take it or not take it because they end up doing they, what they, is they it is they never take criticism because they have an acute inferiority complex uh he's scared of his own shadow paranoid uh and you know there's this typical lower class mentality ias bolega to ias sab kuch janta hai ais babu sabse acha babu does the concept of satvik food vary based on the geographical location climate precipitation monks in europe brewed beer wine whiskey and they still are able to do intense meditation mr lee wants to know no monks did not do meditation they said prayer they have no concept of meditation in europe they never had it it was very much in eastern uh, this thing uh, they used to uh, e- even the monks what they used to do was they used to go say prayers meditation is a completely different stream from saying your prayers repeatedly okay meditation does not happen in europe even in the monks of anatolia where they used to go into seclusion never confuse similarity of method uh similarity of one method with similarities of all method okay uh in europe beer wine whiskey uh you needed it for the cold okay you needed meat for the cold just like in kashmir you need meat for the cold but then bengal isn't cold so why is mutton and fish considered satvik it isn't even considered rajasik it is considered satvik so on durga puja you must have mutton and fish except it can't be cooked with onions and garlic which are variously deemed rajasik or tamasik garlic is deemed tamasik uh, onion is deemed rajasik apparently somebody told me this I'm, i i can't vouch for it because i haven't read it it, it was told to me uh, of course all that i know was uh, uh, there might be some truth to it because my grandmother was okay with onions in the house but if either me or my dad brought garlic into the house we'd be kicked out of the house and my dad used to get beaten black and blue if he ever once he smuggled garlic in and my grandmom came back from bombay a, a day early she literally took off her slippers and beat him black and blue saying he was a, he had turned muslim he had converted to islam or something like that so chicken and garlic were things that were never allowed inside the house now in kashmir and in bengal mutton and fish are perfectly accepted satvik foods okay brahmin households would eat them so these food concepts they vary based on uh, geography yes but i still don't see climate like in climate i can accept that uh you know in kashmir you need meat and fat because of the bitter cold out there but remember in kashmir 
they're not eating goats, they're eating sheep, which is a different animal. In Bengal, you don't eat sheep. You eat goats, which are a completely different animal. Okay, so it's uh, there's really no way of um, figuring out why these things came about, except they did. Uh, because, you know, in Manipur, for example, the Vaishnava culture, they will not even eat. And you can argue that the Vaishnava culture is very similar across Bengal. Uh, I mean, the, geog- uh, the cl- uh, climate and the geography. Same marshy swamps and uh, kind of hills, but dense forest. It's the same Bengal, Bangladesh, Tripura, Manipur and all those places. Why does Manipur become totally vegetarian? Right. Uh, clearly, there's some reason to it. We still don't know how or why. Um, I know a lot of people in Thailand, in uh, Japan and China, Buddhists, who will not eat meat uh, at all, including fish. Uh, And uh, if you ever go to China and you're stuck up, uh, stuck for vegetarian food, you need to ask for an Amitabha restaurant. Even in Singapore, you can ask for an Amitabha restaurant where it will be completely animal free. No fish sauce and things like that either. No shrimp pretending to be uh, this thing either. Uh, and uh, and mind you, a lot of them have the swastika symbol. So if you see the swastika symbol, you know it's an Amitabha restaurant. Uh, the other thing here is that uh, I also know people in Thailand who refuse to eat beef. I'm told it's a modern fad imported from India, but uh, they tell me that there has been a long tradition against eating beef in Thailand. That went for a full toss uh, ever since the reform started. Like it stopped being important. It, it, it was more of a cultural ban. It wasn't a religious ban on eating beef, apparently. It was culturally taboo to eat beef. But it wasn't accompanied by a culture of, say, cow veneration like you'd see in India. So lots of different reasons. I mean, there's no one reason for it. So um, just to add to what you said, my experience is when I used to be in uh, Taiwan or Korea or uh, Japan, you can get vegetarian food easily. But these two countries, the easiest way to find out all vegetarian food was to ask for a Buddhist restaurant, which is Amitabha, same thing. And the interesting thing there was you loaded up your plate and then you weighed the plate and you paid for by the weight. I don't know why, but it was a very interesting experience, not very expensive, very tasty and, and uh, you know, full of nourishment. So next question, please. We'll let him finish drinking. Uh, I'll ask the question. Mr. Lee wants to know, a recent nature paper shows that groundwater in Bihar is arsenic contaminated, causing stunting cognitive defects in children. Isn't Jaljeevan then a project of vital national importance? I'm not uh, aware of this finding, but I'm not surprised at all. Uh, because uh, uh, most of the Bihari landless laborer you see working in Delhi, again, if you go back to earlier episodes of this, I was talking about my experience in North Korea, was to be acutely aware of stunting in India. You know, stunting is a huge problem in India that we never pay attention to. (coughs) It is chronic. And it's Bihar, Jharkhand, Madhya Pradesh, Uttar Pradesh, but you'll also see it in places like Tamil Nadu and things in the rural interior. So I don't think it's just an arsenic problem. It's also a nourishment and nutrition problem because, you know, we've forgotten all the old ways of cooking and preserving nutrients and things like that. Remember when you've only got one cake of cow dung or a little bit of firewood to uh, do something, your cooking time isn't that much. 
So you know, you preserved all the nutrients in the vegetables and things like that. And that's why you mixed dals, <coughs> fermented things, etc., etc., etc. So you cook it all at one shot. Not there anymore. Then you've also got the lowering of the water tables because of all this crazy planting of eucalyptus and the way water resources are mismanaged. So, you know, water is a very, very important thing. Nutrition is a very, very important thing. Nobody's paying attention to it. If you go back to my podcast, you'll see at least for the last seven, eight, nine years, I've been crying from every rooftop to pay attention to it much more so since I came back from North Korea. See, North Korea hit me in a way because, you know, stunting, but stunting is kind of becomes an esoteric problem till you, you're actually faced with mass stunting and given a reason for it, like it happened in North Korea. And that's when you begin to start noticing this. Till then, for me, stunting was something I didn't pay attention to. I was just, Are ye to landless papers, hai. but when you come back from North Korea and you're told that an entire population of an entire province is now stunted to the extent that they're about five to six inches shorter than other Koreans are, and you see that difference, you suddenly, you know, it triggers certain things in your head and then you start seeing it back home and that's when it hits you. So at least since about 2016, 2017, I have been crying about this at every single policy conference and nobody in government gives a shit. Um, Abhijit, I have a question for you before we go to the next question. Have you prepared dishes using millets? Yes. I use a lot of millets in my cooking. Uh, I, of course, do it for the taste because I really enjoy trying different kinds of uh, carb, carbs. But, uh, and, you know, like in Tamil Nadu, for example, we have ragi kanji and ragi kolle, uh, kolle, horse gram and things like that. They're just really tasty. You know, yes. it's not uh, uh, barley also. They're just really tasty things which... I love eating as a contrast for my food. But notice what I do with it is like kind of the privileged uh, seeking out exotic foods in that sense. As opposed to it used to be normal fare for our people and it was much higher glycemic index and things like that. It was much better for you. Yes, indeed. So I just want to touch upon this. This is now becoming uh, fashionable again to eat. Uh, there are there's a broad group called Navadhanya, nine different uh, types that that is broadly you know available in the south. It is believed that people thought eating rice and wheat was cool, and that they should not eat what their grandfathers, great grandfathers, great 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 grandfathers have been feeding on. So that is why the move away from millets. However, they also are now finding out that the incidence of diabetes is lower if you have, happen to be on a millet-based diet. Incidence of obesity is lower. Incidence of you know well-being. I bet you the stunting thing also will probably have some associated factor with this. So the only thing that people say, if you want to eat millet-based food is you need to soak it overnight. If you do that and then cook it the next day, it will be all fine. You want to yeah. add something to that? Yeah. yeah, you have to soak it overnight because otherwise you get terrible gas problems and God knows what other kinds of problems. So it's like a dal. Okay, uh, don't think just because you have a pressure cooker, you can avoid that soaking problem. The second thing is when you cook dals and millets, 
you soak them overnight and as far as possible please do not cook them in a pressure cooker because once it reaches over i think about 90 to 100 degrees celsius or something like that it breaks down a lot of the nutrients which isn't good so you know you need to cook it on that kind of uh, bring it to one boil and then just cook it on a simmer and you know with tur dal or any dal if you've soaked it overnight it's not an issue cooking it just by itself because anybody with who knows to make a proper sambar unlike kannadigas putting garam masala and sugar into it or uh, most uh, 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 recipes 99% of tamil recipes you'll find on youtube surprisingly which will tell you to keep frying everything and pressure cooking everything and destroying the living daylights and killing all the nutrients out of it you never let the dal boil okay uh with my maternal grandmother with my nani uh if if the dal came to a boil if the rasam i i only remember this once the rasam came to a boil she screeched her head off took the whole thing and just threw it into the sink you never let the dal boil now it also was a flavor thing but now i realize it was also a nutrition thing somehow they managed to figure out that if you let dal's boil you're killing off all the nutrition in it right so there there was a good reason that we did things and remember rice was always a luxury it wasn't this plentiful thing that you have 24/7 it's become easier to have it 24/7 that doesn't mean it's a good thing right we used to have lots and lots of very very complex carbs on our menu which you did not overcook overcooking was never a thing overcooking is now a problem because of pressure cookers and because you have gas stoves at home otherwise you have to plan the meal very very carefully based on gobar or wood or whatever you had to run your stove those days so th- this is you know it's so many things that have gone wrong loss of traditional knowledge uh, or loss of traditions without the requisite knowledge combined with it etc 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 and and while we are on topic of food i just want to mention that rasam tastes the best if it is made in a special vessel called ea chatti ea chobri em em is a compound of lead so people will immediately start telling me please don't put this in comment they are ah, this is carcinogenic and a part of that is getting uh, you know added inside the rasam i don't know i none of the people who have eaten from ea chatti rasam have have had direct uh, you know result and got cancer it is the most tasty rasam that you can get have you had ea chatti rasam i only make my rasam in an ea chombu okay uh, i have an ea chombu only for that and the main thing about an ea chombu em is not well it part lead but it's a lead compound yes the thing is it's very soft so if the rasam comes to a boil in the ea chombu the pot melts it it literally melts and warps on your stove so it also acts as a very good if you make rasam in ear chombu you can't go away ki oh i'm going to finish watching that serial and then come back and see the rasam and guys if you want to try a proper rasam i would highly urge you uh you know you can make a proper rasam uh, first soak your tur dal 
then add hing salt and a bit of castor oil to it the castor oil is really important and just simmer it till it's soft and after it's finished simmering you just add tomatoes if you want garlic add garlic to it add coriander to it crush up some fresh jeera and pepper add that to it bring it to a simmer again please do not boil because if you boil it it will be destroyed and after removing it from the heat add some fresh coriander salt and you give ghee ka tadka with more hing red chilies mustard seed and curry leaf if you want okay there is no boiling in a rasam if or even if a sambar boils you throw it away there is no the only thing that you boil is a vetakorambu because you want to make it thick understood you want to make it thick and vetakorambu is is considered something for decadent thing you know it's a luxury item in almost in a sense <laughs> uh, because the sambar and the rasam are daily objects vetakorambu was something that you made once in a blue moon it's meant to be cooked over a long time it used to require a lot of uh, uh, a lot of wood or gober to cook so you know it 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 was always a special dish to be made wonderful next question please virendra patil again have you seen the documentary i am 20 which interviewed 20 year olds in 1967 india if yes what do you think of it yes i saw it almost i tweeted it almost a year back now it suddenly become viral again i don't know why but yeah i saw it um sometime back and it's it's fabulous it's it's an insight right it's a time capsule of what people thought in those days and how naive they were a lot of the problems are similar problems which shows you we still haven't solved them but there was so much more innocent but also so much more eloquent I thought they spoke much better than a similar cross section would today. At the same time, they were a lot more naive than a similar cross section would be today. Yes, Abhijit, um, I know you don't watch TV. Have you seen this new Baiju ad where they say that two teachers will give you too good of an experience? I don't watch Baiju ads. I have no respect for these Baiju types. So, so, so this is an educational academy. And, I know, and I know. I don't like. I I, I I don't want to talk about them way. because I don't like talking about these frauds. This IIPM Baiju type things. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to give them free publicity out here. So please, let's not talk about them. As far as I'm concerned, they're all bloody frauds. <laughs> you you're saying it plain. I was going to say it in the example. Go ahead. Next question, please. Next question, please. uh krishna aital the question is for both farmlas passed in parliament and done away with just like that next what 370 reinstated are we seeing the start of breakup of india what say yes, you you are seeing the start of the breakup of india because now they have been uh validated this is the first time a mass protest has managed to get the government to withdraw a law in a very 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 long time as far as i can remember okay you remember the mass protest that broke out over the uh, mandal commission vp singh with all that minority weak government never took it back now uh for the first time in my living memory they've taken back a law okay the flood gates have opened 
there isn't a single breaking india force that hasn't seen this and gotten empowered mentally because of it in the next two and a half years i'll be surprised if you don't see a significant upsurge of militancy in uh, 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 kashmir you will see the beginnings i don't know how uh, uh, rapidly it will escalate but you will see the beginnings in punjab as well mark my words punjab is going back within the next decade to where it was in the 80s and 90s okay 370 they have already said a year or so back that we will ultimately be giving back shortly we will be giving back statehood to kashmir and best of luck on that because again one more useless piece of drama uh and we discussed this a few questions back on what's going to happen because the moment the supreme court says canrc is legal they will come out on the roads and say you may say it's legal but it is immoral and therefore first play the legality card when the legality card fails you play the morality card basically the thing is every single two bit ngo is now going to come out and mobilize mass protests and you are seeing the beginning of the end not that it will affect modi's electoral prospects sir it won't affect modi's electoral prospects he's coming back with a probably even a slightly bigger majority in the next election okay but like i said what is good for the bjp is not necessarily good for india and we've reached the point where what is good for the bjp is now almost definitely not good for india you know uh, one of the things that uh, is stunning is for a cabinet of its size uh, you know you can't really say ah this minister is really good at what he does i mean except one or two i can count on my fingers how many have really accomplished something uh, for about 60 70 people now i can't you know say that okay all of them are doing a good job if they are not doing a good job then why are they there and and for for instance what has the uh, the cabinet done about uh, you know uh, being able to take collective decisions i am hearing that that's not how it happens today in fact i wrote an article for which i got a lot of uh, you know uh, blowback that uh, modi needs to be more inclusive in his cabinet uh, decision making if he doesn't do some things like this he still thinks i know everything that i will rely the on the babus who are you know 90% of them are corrupt that's how they rose to the highest places in the first place so you know prove me wrong guys some of the babus who are watching this tell me i'm off that 10% only is corrupt and 90% is clean and i'll start listing you example after example published in p gurus as to how corrupt your turkeys are anyway so the 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 problem as i see it is modi will show these flashes of brilliance once in a while and and then again he'll go back to this mode where he is he's like uh, waiting to see what's going to happen i i think something is going to give he's got to give otherwise you know i i think india deserves better than this prime minister in terms of being able to stick with it why did he not make the farm laws optional he could have made it optional then that would have divided the 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 states who don't want to adopt it and who want to adopt it that would have taken the sting out of this whole thing like for example today he has lowered the prices of uh, petrol and uh, diesel at the central level by reducing the the excise duties and that has you know in turn prompted many bjp governments to reduce but the non bjp governments are now on the spot they're not able to explain why they can't reduce it 
See, that's how you conquer this thing. So if, if he could do it on one, why did he not do it on the other? I don't know. Maybe Abhijit knows. Never attribute to malice what you can to stupidity. The man isn't malicious, he's just stupid. All right, next question, please. Neeraj Kulkarni. I'm eating harm papad, and I'm not going to thank any bloody farmer for it. Because I subsidized this. Whichever parasite grew these, I paid for these. I not only paid fair value for these, I also paid for subsidizing the bloody fertilizer and God knows what else that went on it. Farmers should be thanking me. They should be coming and kissing my shoes. And as far as I'm concerned, they can all rot and go to hell. In democracies, Brazil, India, etc., economic reforms are reversed as the political economy of the reform is not given due consideration. If this thought over many reforms can be streamlined, what say you? I didn't understand the question. Yeah, Neeraj, I think what is your question? What are you saying that they should use reverse psychology? So that they're saying that, you know, they, they say, oh, this farm bill is really, really bad. We should not be passing it. And then the entire farmer lobby will say, no, we want it. We should pass it. No, I don't he's know. not saying that. But he's saying reverse as the political economy. What do you mean the political economy is not given due consideration? Uh, I, I don't understand. Please put this in simple English. I didn't yeah. get it. Neeraj, we will, we will ask your question again if you can put it in simpler, easier to understand English. Next question, please. Uh, H-S-E-D-N-A TV. What should young Indians do to scoot out of India? Is studying abroad the only option? Asking this based on your analysis that situation in India would get worse in the next 20 years. Yeah, man. Uh, write your SATs or TOEFL, GMAT, IELTS, whatever it is and get the hell out. Don't stay here. Go. Not that things are very good abroad with all the wokeness and all of that. It may end. It may never end. Personally, I don't think it will end because there's institutional capture. But, you know, even if you live in fear and uh, can't open your mouth, you will at least still lead a better lifestyle than you will here. So just go. Oh, okay. Neeraj is back with this question. In many democracies, economic reforms are reversed as the political economy of the reforms is not given due consideration. Do think tanks reckon this? Yes. Uh, a lot of think tanks don't. Like Indian think tanks are event tanks. They're not really think tanks. But uh, one of the things we keep, well, I keep looking at is the second order and third order effects, which in India we never look at. Very rarely they are looked at abroad, not as much as they should be. Remember, looking at second and third order effects requires high human capacity. Developing countries don't have the human capacity to look through all these effects. Unless they're tiny countries where you, could, you, know, you can get some extraordinary people or train them up very well and things like that. But yes, these are called second and third order effects and they're not looked into at all in India. Did you say think tanks are revenge tanks in India? I said think tanks are event tanks. Oh, it, no, event, event management. Oh, event tank. Got it, got it, got it. Next question, please. Shivam Goel, both you and P. Gurus, what is the view on 78% reservation in Maharashtra state? Very good, Karo. 
जितना करना है करो टू मी इट जस्ट शोज हाउ द एजुकेशन एंड जॉब सेक्टर इज गेटिंग ऑसिफाइड you are not able to expand the pie which is why you have to apportion the pie according to population so congratulations to you it just means the more reservation you have the worse your situation in terms of education and jobs you know one thing that is baffling to me abhijit is many of these babus especially the higher uh, ranks like ias guys they come and spend 2 3 years at harvard taking courses understanding how the society works how economics work and then they go back to india and they follow the same thing that their uh, you know ancestors have been following i can't understand this thing why they can't try and apply their mind you know i'm surprised you're asking me this question because i thought you would have already known the answer please understand they are not there because of any particular intelligence they are given all these courses because they've you know uh, uh, given the contract the right way and now they want to line up their post retirement jobs and things like that so they come there to do harvard courses there's nothing more to it hmm they've come there to embellish their cv they've not come there to learn so they go back with as vacant ahead as when they came next question please amar chand hi sir what's your opinion on chinese j20 how does it stack up against india's rafael how many times have we asked this question again this is like the fifth or sixth time j20 i don't know i mean j16 j17 we have had J twenty, J thirty five also we have had. Hmm. Next question, please. Hi, Abhijit and Sriji. Is Japan a good example of maintaining their cultural edifice against Western influence? Too late for India for a Meiji restoration? Yes and no. And I'll tell you why. Japan is a horrible caste system. They never talk about it, but they've got a horrible caste system. And there's been no. you know the uh, root of the yakuza lay in that caste system the yakuza were formed as uh for the butchers and undertakers and you know the same people who would be considered dalits in india uh, uh people who bury or burn bodies people who butcher meat uh, fishermen and people like that uh you i was surprised like modern day japan if you're some butcher they won't even let you into the house it's that bad like in india if you try to stunt like that you'd be thrown in jail hmm we do it they've they've maintained some elements of their culture but when you go to japan today what you find in their culture isn't what their culture used to be it's an evolution of something some kind of a hybrid in fact i'd say in india we've restored our culture we've uh, preserved our culture much better than japan next question please uh, maliban bhattacharya a controversial question regarding recent indeed incident at hyderpura kashmir have come across hearing narratives from all sides of hr violations kunan poshpura etc what is your opinion about the allegations i tend to believe the allegations based on what i've heard initially remember we discussed this when we were discussing kashmir they failed in deconfliction deconfliction is what remember the crooks aren't just on their side 
they crooks on our side also you have an army where promotions are based on army crpf where promotions are based on encounters and how many people you manage to kill very unhealthy culture most of the army officers make their money by stocking up on provisions and selling it off and things like that rotten culture so remember as much muck as you hurl there you also need to introspect okay uh, i'm not saying it's uh, a um, it is it smells fishy which is why i'm believing the allegations as of now i haven't made up my mind i tend to believe it because i've not seen any good counter to it so far uh, the army is also clammed up which again i've not heard something worthwhile from them let's see that's why a, a judge has been appointed let's see what comes out of it but remember this is all coming out of the fact that we do not carry out proper audits and we simply don't have like two three questions back when somebody was asking due consideration of political economy what we call second third order effects we never study second third order effects so we never look at conflict management and conflict resolution holistically the way it should be hardik thanki abhijit have you been to gujarat your favorite gujarati dish and you ever want to live in gujarat no, i don't want to live in gujarat but i love gujarat me that was the only time i met narendra modi do you know that so me and my mom they were like a bunch of 20 well there actually a bunch of 6 7 retired female ias officers from tamil nadu and karnataka and andhra and they tend to travel together as this ladies group and they'd swollen to about 21 for the gujarat trip and 21 of us spending 21 days in gujarat i was the only male uh, depending on how i self identified at any given point of time uh, and i was the chaperone of the group and we toured all around gujarat and you know it was honestly eye opening because all the advertisements you see are of you know uh, amazing uh, rajasthan and agra and taj mahal and come to khajuraho and things gujarat never advertises itself the way it should and it's got so much culture in terms of textiles in terms of uh, you know palaces in terms of forts in terms of a uh, food in terms of everything it's such a bloody amazing state i don't want to live there because it's a bit you know mofusil it's not very well connected and things like that and <clears throat> it's all business i don't do well in business cities i only do well in policy cities <clears throat> and it's too dry for me i like seeing a lot of green but uh, yeah and we saw lions at the gir forest leopards lots of leopards also uh, and uh, went to the ran of kutch and saw the flamingo migrations saw the uh, uh, the wild asses and things like that what amazing stuff they have there what amazing handicrafts and stuff they have there my favorite gujarati dish i have to say is uh, methi theplas and khandvi a lot of questions this time on food no surprisingly yeah yes 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 they they are playing to your strengths yes <laughs> <laughs> that was said in just shalab pradhan why does aim say that we don't have capabilities to do cyber infosec domain we win most of the bug bounties and have top security research in m/fang list this is a uh, fang meaning uh, uh, facebook apple amazon uh, netflix and google he got the fang spelling wrong but go ahead see you having individual people who are brilliant is not the same as making all those individual work together as a centrally driven coordinated cyber infosec thing 
That is what we don't have. Can we do it? Yes. Have we done it? No. We're absolutely third rate at it because also the people at the top that we've chosen for it are. I'm sorry, I'm going to use unparliamentary language, Shri, but I think it's perfectly merited out here. They're the biggest dumb fucks I've ever had the misfortune of meeting in my life. <laughs> well, um, I have a, a hypothetical question for you. You know, many people don't know this, uh, even in the United States, that, but the biggest software employer today in the US post 9-11 is the NSA. How is it in India? Do they have a lot of software experts there? We have lots of software people working with government in low-level, weird-ass jobs doing squat. Uh, there's no coordinated use of that in any kind of cyber snooping, cyber counter snooping, espionage, counter espionage, nothing. Hmm. I, I heard from somebody else a slightly different version, but uh, whatever. So next question, please. Maliban Bhattacharya again saw special ops 1.5 and a lot of Bollywood movies focus on the subject where top men in the military as well as IFS are highly compromised to foreign intelligence. How true is that in reality? 100%. 100 true. 100%. Remember, a corrupt society is a compromised society. Where you are badly motivated, um, where avarice is rewarded, where incompetence is rewarded, where everything actually conspires to make you, to make third raters triumph. To be compromised is the easiest way up. It comes in different ways. Not everybody is monetarily compromised. Okay. But a, a large section of them, an overwhelmingly large section of them are compromised. Malibar, just, of, you you uh, can also be compromised. Remember that. Let's go back to the previous question. Sorry, sorry. I'll let you finish. Let's go back to the previous question. Yeah, finish your thought, please. Yeah, just uh, and that doesn't mean you're compromised to China or Russia or America. Huh? Some parts are definitely compromised there. A lot of it is also internal compromise, which again is manipulated by external forces. So you look at the Bombay police, for example, the entire thing works. The Bombay police is the most highly rated police in India. Did you know that they have the highest case uh, case uh, solution and crime solving rate? Why? Because they operate in one part of a uh, quadrangle, the political Bollywood underworld quadrangle, where the underworld will offer up scapegoats for you to arrest, they will create crimes for you to solve, etc., etc., etc. In the Bombay police, you can't come to the top. Mark my words, you simply cannot. There is no such thing as an honest Bombay police official. You simply cannot come to the top unless you have greased. And I use the word greased palms very literally. I don't mean just money. Uh, favors rendered, undue favors rendered and things like that to either politics or Bollywood or the underworld. Um, can I have the screen, please? Read this book. This is all in, in Dubai and uh, Mumbai. And it should open your eyes about how these, these bodies function. Also, uh, one of the biggest disappointments for me with the Modi government is the fact that in one article uh, we had painted black and white two individuals who were caught with their hand in the till. 
One of them is today the chief of RAW. The other one is the chief of Delhi police. Make your own conclusions. I'm so disappointed because this particular individual was caught literally taking 3.5 crores in the parking lot. And yet the person is now being rewarded by Modi and he has become the chief of Delhi police. He wanted to become the director of CBI. And in, in, the, in the fracas, actually a good man got dismissed. I mean, I can go on. This, this, you know, Arun Shuri described BJP best. He said, BJP is nothing but UPA plus a cow. That was it. I think nobody has broken that mold for me yet. I'm no, no, still no, no, waiting. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Arun go Shuri got it only half correct, but he also got it 50% wrong. BJP equals INC plus cow. Minus 100 IQ. So if Congress leaders have about 120 to 160 IQ, you remove 100 from there, 60, 20 to 60 is the average IQ of the BJP. <laughs> Levi Ackerman. Uh, Levi Ackerman. Can you please elaborate how Arya Samaj separated Sikhs from Hindus? Mm. Now, what is the fundamental basis of Arya Samaj? Uh, <coughs> to go back to Vedic whatever. So all the reform movements that had started were fundamentally wrong. Now, what was Sikhism? It was fundamentally a reform movement within Hinduism. None of the Sikh gurus actually call themselves Sikh. They're only talking about Hindus, 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 Hindus in their thing. He started off as a Hindu reform movement. You have this old Katsar where the first son of a Hindu family would become a Sikh and the first son of a Sikh family would become a Hindu. Uh, so this Arya Samaj attacks Dayanand Saraswati, you know, going back. I mean, it solved some problems. It created a whole new set of problems. And it was this constant attack on all these bhakti and reform movements that had started off in medieval India that led to the separation. That is where the venom got sowed. There was also some happening on the Sikh side as well, but the Arya Samaj kind of exacerbated it in a way that distinction, when you keep going and telling people that, you know, you're not really very smart, you're not a very good movement, you're a corruption, you're a corrosion, come back to the original. It doesn't go down very well. We don't do that in Hinduism. You know, you accept that there is a different point of view. You do Purva Paksha, but you never belittle. Be belittled. Not good. Uh, next question, please. Divyanshu Srivastava, how will Katsa impact India if applied? Well, you can kiss goodbye to all your C-130 and C-17. Uh, <coughs> depends. Uh, they may not, even in the imposition of sanctions itself, there is a significant leeway given. But uh, for starters, it will definitely start affecting your spares for your uh, Poseidon, uh, your P-8, that's the naval sub-hunters, sub your C-17s and your C-130s. I'll let you catch your gra grab a snack and I just want to make an announcement. Uh, viewers, I would like you to like this video. In fact, you should be liking it right at the beginning because uh, that helps us make this thing go viral. And this is what I've been told. I don't know if it's true or not, but it doesn't hurt. So that's why it's true. Please like, 
please subscribe and please consider becoming a member uh, of the P Guru's channel. We have uh, been trying to get some members only videos also. And we are going, we are working on one which will be again a members only video, which has got some very significant insights. I'm going to work with Abhijit on this. He doesn't even know that uh, I have this plan in mind, but I'm going to work with him. But that will be a members only video. And that will give you some very, very deep insights uh, in terms of the technical barrier that exists between India and China. I mean, uh, the, the Chinese, I can tell you again and again, they are masters at execution. When they copy, I mean, they, they can copy extremely well. And, and, and this is going to come and bite the world because now they have this megalomaniac as their uh, emperor. And, and that's going to wreak havoc until this thing is going to be snuffed. I don't know when. So let's get back to Abhijit. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. Good, good. Let's go to the next question. Psycho Tormentor. Hello, AIM. I am aware of AI and ML, artificial intelligence and machine language usage in computing. But how does it apply to military applications? Is it mostly hardware or a combination of both? Okay, it's, it's very important in military applications. I'll tell you why. It reduces the amount of brain power required for just doing mechanical jobs and allows you to focus on the war fighting. Okay, now what used to happen was the war fighting had become so much about pushing the buttons at the right time, coordinating everything, processing all the information. Here it's processing all the information, it's prioritizing the threats. When you set it to auto, you know, uh, for example, you're busy in a ship trying to evade an enemy submarine. Instead of you going on pinging the sonar and listening in, it's telling you, it's pinging the sonar, it's telling you, I'm just creating a situation. This is not how it happens, but I'm just giving you an easy thing. Uh, uh, telling you that the submarine is not around, so you're relatively safe. But the submarine is somewhere close by because you suddenly see an anti-ship missile come. But because your air defense is set to auto, it is destroying it. But at the same time, it's also telling you where that anti-ship missile came from. So it's presumed that the submarine is somewhere in that direction. It's telling you what that missile is because radars are now so good. They can pick out extremely great details of those. It'll tell you what the missile is, what the range is. It'll triangulate that with the sonar then it will automatically make the sonar search, directed search with high high um, sound waves in that particular area to see if the submarine is there. You are simply processing the information then and making the commands. You're, a lot of the processing that you have to do is outsourced. So you can basically not have to process, you decision make. Okay. That is the main thing. That is what AI and ML do. Next question, please. Mandar Karnik, what are the Indian measures, if any, to counter Chinese and other countries' electronic and information propaganda warfare? Is India in danger of falling for Huxley's dilemma? Uh, have you heard of the great Indian invention called Zero? <laughs> That's what we're doing about it. Great no, no, India. no. We, we call it Arya Bhatta. <laughs> yeah. We're doing Arya Bhatta. <laughs> we could also call, we could also be doing Sibyls, but that's okay. Kaustu I would have given you a detailed answer. Yeah, if ahead, there was ahead. a detailed answer, Mandar. 
the detailed answer is zero. Are bata. Next question, please. Kaustub Khadilkar, good American Civil War documentary. Ooh. See, there was a PBS series. Well, I I don't know if it was a PBS series. I saw it on PBS long back. Uh, I forget what the name is, but it was something on PBS. Check. Uh, if you go through the PBS archives, you'll find it. Gone with the Wind is a good uh, way to look at it too. But that no, just no, no. Gone with the Wind was a terrible movie. Ah, come on. For its, its times, it was a big hit. It was shocking. <laughs> Kinesen C. How to solve India's changing demographics? Hindus will be minority soon. Not really. Not we're not going to be a minority very soon. Uh, how do you change demographics? You have to do all the economics and things like that to see to it. Na? You have to give temples back to Hindus and things like that. This government does nothing because you know samosa vendors have a certain Peter Principle uh, mental application block when it comes to that. Sorry, tea vendors. Next question, please. Tea samosa farki panda hai. Himanshu wants to know, is it true that Sanskrit doesn't have a script of its own and different regions use scripts of their own adding symbols to Sanskrit, given that it isn't imposing Devanagari on Sanskrit a step backward? Interesting question, yeah. Sanskrit used to be written in several scripts. It didn't have a script. Correct. Uh, it isn't a step backwards because um, Devanagari allows Sanskrit to be expressed with a great deal of precision. Okay, the other scripts like the Brahmi script and things like that did not allow for that precision. So yeah, it's it's a very good meeting. It's not necessarily a step backwards, but yeah, it did not have a script. It was a language without a script. Uh, for those of you who speak, read and write Tamil, um, there was a version of Tamil that was just as extensive as Devanagari in being able to give you the exact way to pronounce each letter and and this was been this has been abandoned by these dumils very very sad because they think they are the uh, guardians of tamil language they they can't even say ra so let's let's stop there uh, but you know the okay. modern tamil script isn't a tamil invention it's it's a british improvised script traditional tamil was quite different Oh, you, you're talking about the one that doesn't stop at all. It's continuously going on. That one? Yeah. I, it's got a name for it. I'm trying to remember what the name is. If somebody knows the name, please share it with us. Uh, because if so, if you say it, I'll know what the answer is. Uh, it was ahead. much more curvy. The, the straight yeah. lines that you see didn't exist. They, they, they used to call Malayalam as Sutrith or circular script in the initial days uh, in, in Tamil Nadu. Anyway. But very Tamil was also very curvaceous. It wasn't linear. Yes, 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 yes. Next, please. Uh, what happens to capitalism when the population of major countries starts to decrease long term? Because capitalism depends on constant growth. Yeah, what, what happens is you keep moving up the value chain. Okay, growth is not just based on uh, 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 greater numbers. Okay. Uh, that's a very uh, uh, old way of looking at economics. Uh, growth is also up the value chain. So you keep growing up the value chain just enough to support your dependency ratio and things like that. That's it. Uh, 
It's that simple. You find new markets, you find new products. Next question. Subramanian N. Will Sanskrita-based Hindi removing Urdu as a language of exchange help better North-South integration? Will such a setup be ever accepted in Tamil Nadu especially? Look, there was a time to do it. That time is now past. You can screw national integration or common language. Nobody is going to accept it anymore. The divisions are now too deep. So true. Unless people really want to get into that mode, I don't know how that event will happen. Next question, please. Ashish Sharma. Hey, Abhijit. I am from Chandigarh and moving to Kottayam, Kerala. Please tell me about do's, don'ts, food I should follow. I am a little bit scared. I don't know. I'm not from Kotayam, Kerala. I think the last time, uh, Ashish, if you've done any research into me, the last time I landed up in Odisha, I did all the cultural no-nos and ended up spending 43 days in jail for it. I think you're asking the wrong person because I'm the kind of guy that goes to a place and does all the don'ts. <laughs> and and Ashish, you see, you, you are trying to stereotype anything south of uh, Vindyas as a Madrasi and by <laughs> extension, you are asking Abhijit and I. Actually, Kerala is a different state and it's got its own cultures. Um, although lately, I think it's more conforming to the rest of the country. Uh, it used to be very unique. For example, you only got parboiled rice. Rice, if you if you had any restaurant and you ate in Kerala till about 40 years ago, you got only parboiled rice. It's it's sticky, it's, it's a roundish thing, but it is it is good for the climate there. And water uh, during rainy, rainy season, especially, used to be liberally sprinkled with dhania. Have you have you drunk that water? And water is always hot. <laughs> you, 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 you were always served warm water, but even in Tamil Nadu, we were only served warm water as kids. Uh, not in hotels and now, nowadays everybody drinks in the yeah yeah not hotels and all but in those days remember you had to boil water yes so yes yes that was the only way of purifying water no correct 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 yeah. correct so uh, in terms of food these days you know you will get all the cuisine that you like but you should start trying some Kerala dishes Chaka Pradaman is a sweet which is very tasty based out of I think uh, jackfruit Shatma, given your last name I don't think you'll be eating a lot of meat but try Aviel. Yes, and Aviel is wonderful. Aviel is wonderful. Uh, also try idiapam uh, and appam with uh, and uh, puttu with kadla curry. Uh, what else? They, and and they, they tend to they tend to use coconut oil for doing all the tarka instead of say refined oil or uh, groundnut oil, and and that adds. Who uses own refined flavor. oil for tarka? You only use ground in Tamil Nadu. You only use nalle and so the ground uh, uh, sesame oil or uh, ghee. See, okay. see, it, it depends upon how much you. I mean, there's a affordability also, right? I mean, people tend yeah, to use. Yeah, true. That's uh, why. Uh, 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 in Kerala, yeah, there's a lot of coconut oil. So if if you don't like coconuts, I'm sorry, uh, you might as well not shift there. And 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 you will love this one thing called Nendram chips, which is a special breed of bananas, and they fry it in coconut oil, and it's it's a to die for. Also, chaka chips, uh, jackfruit yes. chips, kathal yes, yes. chips. Yes, yes. So, so we have given you the entire cuisine or, or at least given you a peek into all the food that's available in Kerala. You will have fun. Be open. That's all it is. And you will get a lot of vegetarian food. Yeah, you should get a lot of vegetarian food. Mostly the food there is vegetarian only. Yeah. 
Arun Gupta, hey, what is your view on Kyle Rittenhouse case? What's my view? It's all over my Twitter timeline. I've always held Kyle Rittenhouse was innocent. And the media uh, uh, tried to frame him. And he needs to sue the living daylights out of every one of them. He needs to bankrupt them and bring them out on the streets into penury. Yeah, this is going counter to their narrative, right? That's why they are, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next question, please. Z Apple stuff, Z. Do you think Louis Vuitton is an overrated brand? I feel it is unoriginal and only focuses on printing its monogram on its products. I don't associate with people who have Louis Vuitton products. The problem with Louis Vuitton is it also owns a lot of design houses. See, it's, it's the holding company. So LV also owns a lot of um, the products which I like, which I try to ignore completely. I prefer to think they're not owned by LV. But yeah, LV is meant for your typical kitty party Punjabi auntie who doesn't have much taste, but she just wants to tell you that, you know, my bag costs like 10, 12 lakhs. That's it. <laughs> Don't steal what is inside the bag. Steal the bag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I may not be able to eat for the next two months, but at least I'll take a Louis Vuitton. Sorry, as we say in Punjab, Lawis Vatan to my kitty party. <laughs> Vaibo Pandey wants to know, I did my grad in BA political science and I'm doing master's in public administration. If I want to work for any institution as intern, how do I get references of the kind they ask for? My professors will be kind enough or I would have to find someone else to work for. No, your professors are perfectly okay. Uh, the main thing is, uh, uh, you know, uh, ensure that it covers certain points that wherever, whatever, whatever specific vertical you do want to do your internship in, ask them to frame it to that specific vertical. Mostly what happens with professors is they say you write your own uh, uh, thing and I'll make modifications to it and sign it. And that's perfectly okay. Arun Gupta, hey, you once mentioned that the city of Paris was built to shoot for the protesters. Can you elaborate? Not shoot for the protesters. It was meant to shoot protesters. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's what I think he meant. Yeah. So I want you to go to Google Maps and zoom in on Paris on the satellite mode. And when you do that, You'll see it was mostly right angles, but right angles with triangles so that people could be cornered and there would be lanes in between where essentially you would create traffic jams of human beings where it would be easy where you saw a traffic jam like what happened at Jallianwala Bagh that, you know, the other gate was closed or it was too narrow. So they all accumulated out there and that is where maximum casualties happened. It was meant to be like that. Okay, uh, so uh, when uh, Napoleon III renovated that city, it was renovated very specifically, the Hausmann style, those beautiful buildings that you see in Paris that are so characteristic of Paris. Uh, uh, they were built specifically to maximize the ability to put down riots and uprisings. Next question, please. Bhaskar Mishra, which are the best performing ministers in the current central government? Nitin Gadkari, uh, Hardi Puri, uh, who else? 
history. Give me some names. Well, how about Amit Shah? <laughs> okay, next. Good joke. Next. Um, I don't know. I think everything gets comes and gets clogged in PMO office. This is yeah. the biggest complaint that people that's have. The problem. Yeah. So, Ashish Sharma again, the guy who wants to go to Kotayam, I think. Did you watch Annate for Kushbu? Also recommend you watch a Tamil movie, Onion. It's about a schizophrenic Iyengar lawyer who creates a website that punishes criminals according to the Garut Puran. Yes, I've seen Onion and I've seen Annate. What did you think about Annate? I haven't seen that. I remember it from some time back. I didn't much care for it. Onion, I kind of liked. Kind of. Yeah, Vikram Kennedy. Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one of the songs that was played in my daughter's wedding two weeks ago was that song, Ayangar Vitarahe. So <laughs> I thought, look, 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 this is an Iyer wedding. But then anyway, the song was nice. So we just let it go. <laughs> Piyush Bajpai. Reports indicate Russia is amassing troops near Ukraine border. Are we heading towards one more Georgia? It's probably a threat. Remember, they're amassing troops at the Ukraine border because uh, the Americans have put troops on the ground out there. It's being done to keep the Americans out. Okay, it's, it's mostly a reaction. The problem with reading the Western press is they won't tell you why those troops are there. Let's see what the Americans do. They're deliberately trying to escalate the situation. Next question, please. Mohanish Gunaga. I'm 26 years old, postgraduate in civil engineering, moving into Dallas for master's in analytics to make the most out of the information age in US. I've had a very tumultuous time so far in my career. Can you please guide? Okay, this is your thing, uh, she, not mine. Um, Mohanish, what happens I've seen is with the predominant number of people who come to the United States to do their studies, it doesn't matter what undergrad education they have, they tend to gravitate towards computer science or something related to that. And essentially, computer science degrees are not too difficult as long as you do some basic courses and then you can build on top of that and get through. I would urge you to do whatever you're doing, take as many computer science courses as possible, build some heft there, because today there is a need for computer, good computer science uh, uh, people who can actually not just program, but software today is like a Lego block. Okay, you have this particular thing that does this really well, then you have this other thing that you need to take from this to put to that one. This patching and being able to build castles out of Lego blocks of software. It's not easy, but if you apply your mind to it, you can get to it. And these are the kind of jobs that people really want today. So I hope I explained that to you. Um, you know, you can ask a little bit more detail next time maybe, and we'll be able to try and touch base on that. Next question, please. Chaitanya Naidu. Naidu, how come the same people who follow all rules and regulation in metro, train and station don't follow the same in bus and train and respective stations? Why do you say they that? Do. I have seen that. I've never seen anybody follow. The one thing nobody can accuse Indians of is following rules. In metro station, train station, even in the bloody airport, they don't hear. 
You're told to sit down in D plane by uh, seat number. They don't do that. You're told to board by seat number. They don't do that. Where are you seeing this rule following, boss? Next question, please. We are coming to the end of one and a half hours now. I think we'll try to uh, wind it down. Uh, Nimit Gupta wants to know, was Mary Magdalene wife of Jesus? There's a good reason to believe she was. Uh, let's put it this way. in If you were in Jewish society and if you were 32 and unmarried, people would talk or worse still, they might have killed you. Okay. Uh, especially if you're only hanging out with males through the day. Uh, homosexuality was quite accepted in Greek, uh, this thing, but not in the Jewish, uh, uh, this thing. And especially not if you were a Essene or a Nazarene, which was the Nazarene sect was what, you know, he wasn't Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, he was Jesus the Nazarene, which is very different. There is no etymological connection between being a Nazarene and of Nazareth. Uh, so, yeah. There is a lot to believe that she was, yes. Vijay Singh, hello, A. Abhijit. Need your guidance in migrating to a first world country, possibly Germany. I'm 43 years old, BCom grad, working in a call center. Listening to you has made me realize I have to get out. Boss, you first need to find some kind of a vertical no? to work in. I mean, it's BCom is fine, but what is the skill? You have to find a skill because a lot of these countries, I'd say, focus on a um, country that has a points program like Australia or New Zealand or Canada or something like that, where you can actually get in on skilled migration. I'm the wrong person to be asking this question. You really need to be going to an immigration agency and asking them this. Yes, absolutely. And you should consider Canada. Canada uh, is English speaking for the most part, except maybe in the state of Montreal. Uh, and, uh, it, uh, you know, they are always encouraging immigration. So you should take a look at that. However, what he's saying is right point space. So you need to have a skill set that is in demand there. It could even be a, a teacher of English language. I'm just giving something out there. Yeah. Uh, last question for today. Uh, we could just cross 130, one and a half hours. Rahul Pandey, can you please tell when did Pakistani Punjabis take power from the Muslims who went from central province and uh, upper provinces or United Provinces? It happened very quickly. See, the thing was, you thought that the decision-making, remember, central provinces and United Provinces didn't account for the military. So the moment the military comes into the picture, say around, what, 52-ish, 52-53, right. that was the beginning of the Punjabi takeover. Because remember, the Vinaya, the intellectual Vinaya might have been from CP and UP. But the power base was always Punjabi, right? And finally, the capital was also moved from Karachi to uh, 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 up north, no, into Punjab. So that is how things happen out there. It was always Punjabi dominated in the sense. The UP and CP types, the Urdu speakers, they made the mistake of thinking they were in charge. They were never in charge. Uh, there's one last question uh, on food, and that is absolutely the last question. Aryan Bhagat wants to know your thoughts on Jammu and Kashmir food. The bloody best. 
Um, I eat Kashmiri food. I cook a lot of Kashmiri because I lived in Kashmir. I cook a lot of Kashmiri food at home. I love Kashmiri food. The yakni, the rogan josh, the vegetables. They cooked so like, you know, haksag, for example, collard greens, what you call in America. It, it It's cooked the way Tamrams cook it. Except, of course, for the addition of mustard oil instead of uh, ghee or uh, sesame oil that you'd use in a Tamram house. So it's just heat up mustard oil, uh, add uh, uh, broken chilies to it, hing, lots of hing to it and salt. Uh, to prevent it from burning, you add water. When it comes to boil, you add the collard greens and then pressure cook and it's bloody brilliant. You cook everything like that. And you know what I love about that cuisine and vegetarian is that it focuses on the greens. Normally, people in Delhi, I'm just shocked. Even in Madras, they throw away the green part of the muli. They throw away the green part of the kohl rabi. They throw away the uh, green part of the red radish and the carrot and everything. And the cauliflower and the cabbage and everything. Especially the cauliflower, the green part, they throw away. In Kashmiri cuisine, you use all of it. Especially the green parts of uh, uh, the gobi, especially. That was a revelation to me in Kashmir. So it's a fantastic cuisine. They've not cooked the living. I think the only thing, it's tasty, but it's probably not the best way to cook fish is the mujgard uh, preparation that they have. But I think Kashmiri cuisine is right up there as probably one of the top five cuisines of India. Right up there. All right. With that, we end today's Hangout. The pending questions will be taken up next week. Thanks for joining. And Abhijit, as always, it's a pleasure hosting you. And we'll be back again next week, same time, same location. Namaskar. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, I absolve you of all your sins, you evil sinners. And I hope you give up your demon worship and take up the message of our Lord in Christ into your evil hearts. Well, well, victory, well. Ha, 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 ha.